Welcome to the Rich Roll Podcast, episode 86, with world champion free runner and parkour artist Timothy Sheaf. The Rich Roll Podcast. Greetings, people, citizens of the globe. My name is Rich Roll. It is not Rick Roll. You are not being Rick Rolled. Uh, and this is my show, the Rich Roll Podcast. So welcome, truly. And thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you're new to the program, let me quickly break it down. Each week, I bring to you the best, the most forward-thinking, paradigm-busting minds in health, fitness, athleticism, creativity, diet, nutrition, art, entrepreneurship, personal growth, spirituality. The goal is to empower you with the tools and the knowledge and the inspiration and the motivation to take your life to the next level, to help you discover, unlock, and unleash your best, most authentic self, pure and simple. People say that people don't change. And frankly, I think that's bullshit. I've had the great honor of seeing and participating in countless people's lives that have changed so dramatically. The people they are today bear almost no resemblance to who they once were. And I'm not talking about just dramatic weight loss. That's cool, of course. I see that all the time. I'm talking about people who are getting off their medications. I'm talking about drastic career changes, spiritual awakenings, recovery from profound addictions to drugs, alcohol, food, gambling, relationships. I have seen people change from that person that you would actually cross the street to avoid, people afflicted with complete mental insanity and I don't mean that in the pejorative sense, but in the true clinical sense to becoming inspirational leaders among men. And that is not an exaggeration. Alteration so stunning, it leaves you in awe and a sense that there must be powers at work beyond the mere means of man and his flawed state of nature. You name it, I've seen it. And this show is really, uh, if it's anything, it's an effort to share those stories to inspire that kind of hope and that kind of aspiration and possibility in you, in your life, that no matter what your circumstance, transcending the obstacles you face is always within your reach. So right now it's about 3.30 a.m. Uh, I'm jet lagged. I'm wide awake. I just returned from a whirlwind trip across the globe. I was gone from my house for Three weeks on the road. I was in Canada. I was in Beirut, Lebanon, and all across Saudi Arabia. I was in Riyadh, in the heart of the Arabian Desert. I was in Al-Khabar on the Persian Gulf. And then I was in Jeddah on the west coast of Saudi Arabia, right along the Red Sea. And if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you might have seen some of the pictures that I posted of me running in all those places, the selfies. <laughs> I get a little crap for taking so many selfies. But you know, I just wanted to share what I was experiencing with everyone. It was such an incredible, fantastic journey and a privilege to see parts of the world, you know, frankly, I never thought in a million years I would ever have the opportunity to see. And not just to visit, but I was there to share my message. I gave six talks over the course of the trip and all in their own right. Uh, they were amazing, particularly in the Middle East where the cultural divide can seem so profound and impenetrable that making a true connection almost seems impossible. And yet I was able to do that. I was able to connect with people on a fundamental level over things and concerns that we all share, no matter what the dictates of our cultural prerogatives, our health, the health of our children, nutrition, the prevention of disease, the ills of our food system, fitness, 
this was a life altering uh, experience for me. And I know I made an impact on, on the people that I met along the way. And that feels really good. It was a life altering experience and one that I'm truly grateful for and one I soon won't forget, won't soon forget. Uh, but anyway, I'm happy to be home. Uh, and the point that I'm trying to make, albeit long winded, is that I have changed. I've changed dramatically. I've, tra- I've changed irrevocably from the person I was only a few years ago. And in so many ways, uh, the person that I've changed into is something I would have never expected, you know, change in ways I would have never dreamed or plotted or, or could have possibly devised, but in ways that I embrace and I love. And for, the, for, you know, for most of my life, I can honestly say that all I wanted to do was to be somebody else. And now I can say that I wouldn't trade my life for anyone. And again, that's a really good feeling. It all started when I made a decision to do some inside work. And as I got healthier mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I learned how to lean into and trust and and take action on my instincts. And my instincts didn't used to be things that I could rely on. My instincts generally would take me down dark alleyways and get me in trouble. Uh, But as a result of this kind of evolution that I've been on, this journey that I've been on, now I'm in a place where I can really lean into and trust those instincts. And they're sort of my higher self, I guess you could call them. And no matter how illogical or contrary to my chosen life path, they seemed uh, sort of trusting in that and walking in faith has really made all the difference in my life. And it's really, truly the reason that I enjoy the life that I have today. And again, I'm being long-winded. I realize that, but the point is that I want everybody to have the gift of experiencing your version of this in your own life. And, and really that's what the podcast is about. It's about sharing uh, these people that I've had the good fortune of coming across, allowing them to share their message. And hopefully you uh, get to take away from that some nugget uh, here and there that will be helpful in your path. So today's guest, if today's guest is anything, he is a guy who is certainly living his truth, his version of the truth for him living his own unique brand of passion and walking a a road that is less traveled, very less traveled and inspiring people the world over as a result. His name is Timothy Sheaf, AKA, otherwise known as Livewire. Tim is widely considered one of the world's best, if not the world's best free runners. Uh, What is free running? Well, free running is, is essentially a version of what we, uh, what we also know as parkour and parkour are like the guys that you see in the Jason Bourne movies and the James Bond movies who run up walls and jump off roofs and generally defy gravity and the laws of physics with nothing but the mere momentum of their bodies. So this is a way of saying that this English chap, Timothy Sheaf, can do things that you probably can't. Men mind-bending, mind-blowing things that have made him a superstar in the parkour, free-running world and beyond. Uh, you should check out his YouTube channel. It's just youtube.com forward slash live wire, and you'll get my meaning. But be warned, uh, it can suck you in. You might lose a few hours watching him do these crazy things on video. It's, it's quite impressive and amazing. But honestly, that's not what's most striking or impressive about this young man, and it's not why he's on the show. The reason he's on the show and what makes him so inspiring to me is his incredible passion and spirit, his drive to inspire other people especially young people across the world, towards self-betterment through the incredible transformative power of body movement. 
He's passionate about the planet. He's passionate about the environment, the animals, and his discipline, if you will, is almost, in certain respects, I think you could qualify it as a form of physical, political performance art. It's sort of a demonstration of how we can live more in harmony with nature and our surroundings. It's a reframing of what a building or a rooftop or a curb or a staircase railing actually means by inverting and expanding upon the ways in which a human can interact with it. And also, he's a plant-based athlete, too. He's got a lot of opinions about that as well, which I think you'll find intriguing and make you maybe just rethink a few assumptions about food and athletics. And to coin his phrase, eat concrete, not meat. So it's one thing to be an endurance athlete like me, you know, somebody who just goes out and runs long distances. It's not exactly threatening or the most masculine uh, of, of physical or sport pursuits. But it's another thing altogether to be a guy like Tim where explosiveness, power, speed, and incredible body strength and precise coordination dictate everything. What Tim can do with his body is honestly nothing short of extraordinary. But it's his mind. It's the mind. It's the spirit that makes the difference. This very particular relationship that he has to develop with fear in order to do what he does. And that's something that we explore in the conversation. It's really fascinating. Uh, you know, this relationship that he has to walk through it and sort of defy fear or uh, the feelings of fear that crop up that allow him to place himself in situations that most people <laughs> certainly wouldn't dare. And the fact that he does all of this and does it as well as he does, uh, if not better than anyone else on the planet, eating nothing but plants, by the way, is, you know, it's profound. And it undermines and inverts and reframes everything we traditionally think about when we think about the relationship between nutrition and extraordinary athletic performance. Uh, this is a message that he shares not, ju not just through his physical motion, his physicality, and across his various social media platforms, uh, but he's also appeared in the movies. He's been in the Harry Potter movies. He played Death Eater. And he can be found preparing delicious uh, vegan meals uh, and sort of post-workout smoothies, et cetera, on his buddy Jamie Oliver's YouTube channel, which is pretty cool. Uh, links to all this stuff will be up on the show page at richroll.com if you want to check all that out. In any event, I found out that Tim was visiting LA from the UK when my buddy Mac Danzig, the MMA fighter, UFC fighter who's been on the show, uh, you should check out that interview if you haven't already. It's a great one. One of the most popular ones that I've done. Anyway, uh, Mac was texting me. He's like, you got to meet this guy, Tim. He's amazing. He'd be great for the show. And I was sort of thinking, I don't have time. I was really busy at the time. Uh, I was juggling a lot of different things and I wasn't sure I was going to be able to squeeze it in. Uh, and then the next day, I ran into uh, my ninja warrior parkour buddy, Travis, Travis uh, Brewer, who's also been on the show. You might remember him a couple episodes back. And he was telling me that he had just worked out with Tim that day. And so when I heard that, I thought the universe is making it pretty clear that I really need to meet this guy. So I made the time and I'm glad I did. Travis also sits down with us today. He's the co-host with us and we dug in. We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel, but what you wear isn't just clothes. It is without a doubt, technology. 
technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you, after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics and just this heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking On's high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailor-fit, built to move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in fleet foot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team. From increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by Birch. If you're serious about optimizing your sleep, listen up. I've spent countless hours researching and testing various methods to improve my nightly shut-eye, and I can confidently say that it all starts with a good foundation. And if your bed is old, if it's uncomfortable, lumpy, then your sleep inevitably is going to be impacted. So it's important to invest in a quality mattress, one that's insanely comfortable, that's organic, sustainably made, and that, my friends, is a birch mattress. Fairtrade and Rainforest Alliance certified with the finest quality organic natural materials like organic Fairtrade cotton. Birch mattresses are made with none of the toxic chemicals and off-gassing produced by most major brands. Kind of important not to be breathing that for a third of your life, I'd say. Plus, it's super luxurious. I've been sleeping on Birch for about five years, and I'd say it's the perfect ratio of soft to supportive and the craftsmanship is just next level. I've got one in every room of my house. I love it. Pretty sure you will too. And right now, Birch is giving 20% off all mattresses and two free EcoRest pillows at birchliving.com slash richroll. That's 20% off and two free EcoRest pillows. Sleep better with Birch. We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And with that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem, a problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple. Search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. 
Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life in recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. So, uh, so you had lunch with Mac today? Yeah. How do you know Mac? Um, he hit me up actually on Twitter, like not too long ago. He said, I, you know, I dig what you're doing. And then I've, I didn't really know about it. I watched UFC, I love UFC, but I I've not, wasn't into it from when he was kind of more in that scene and he's kind of he's stepped back from that now. Right. And then he, he hit me up and I thought, yeah, this guy is cool. Like when I checked out his background and he's like, next time you come in LA, let me know, let me know. And right. I came and I didn't get a chance to see him before and this time I've been, I was hassling him. I was like, I'm here, I'm here, let's hang out. And you know, he's got to spend a lot of time with his daughter. Right. And, uh, he found some time and we, we went for lunch, we went to Native foods cafe oh cool that's the spot man yeah there's a lot of uh i call it fast food vegan yeah. cuisine it's like yeah. that and around. veggie grill although like yeah. native foods is a little cleaner a little cleaner there's more salad that. options you right. know that's how you gauge the, the health mm -hmm. by like how big the salad section is on the menu <laughs> right um and you know that was great and while i'm here i'm enjoying those foods yeah he's a and max a great guy and and he it's funny because he started texting me a couple days ago i was getting ready to go out of town like quick out of town trip to Colorado and he's like hey I got this guy Tim in town be great for the podcast you, you should definitely check him out and mm. I was like really juggling like a lot of stuff and I was yeah. like I don't, I don't know if I can do it it sounds awesome but mm. I don't know and and uh maybe I could do it Thursday afternoon and he kept check he wouldn't let he kept checking in with me you know yeah. let, like let me know it's cool if you can't but like just let me know and then yeah. I get back from Colorado yesterday afternoon I had to go straight to this little event at Lewis House's apartment mm. for Adam Braun for his book, uh, uh, the promise of a pencil to honor him, which was really cool. And Travis was there. Hey, Travis. Hey, what's up so, guys. <laughs> and he's like, dude, I called you today. Went right to voicemail, but I was working out with this, this yeah. guy, Tim, and he said he was going to do your podcast. And I was like, all right, you know, the universe <laughs> is speaking, you know, yeah. we've got to hook it up. Yeah. So I'm yeah. glad that, uh, he did the job for me. Yeah. 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 Let you know. So, glad I could <clears throat> gently nudge because I knew this needed to happen. So. Oh, cool. No, I'm, I'm totally pumped. And for the listeners out there, uh, these two guys just put on an impromptu free running parkour clinic, climbing all over my house and doing insane stuff. I'm, I'll post some pictures from it, but it was pretty <laughs> epic, man. That was a treat. That was really cool. Oh, you're welcome, man. Thanks for giving us the architecture to play on. Anytime <laughs> yeah. I'm in a new environment, I get inspired and Travis out here kicked things off and, you know, got it started. It was, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, for, for me, thanks for the beautiful house, <laughs> it makes it easy yeah, right. to do beautiful things. Thanks for making the way up. Yeah. But, um, I was thinking about it and it's sort of, it's not dissimilar from when you started climbing up on the roof and you're kind of looking around, like, what are our options? What can we do? What can we do? Like, what can we do creatively here? It reminded me of surfers who, you know, park along the side of the road by the beach and they spend a long time like looking at the waves before they ever get in. They're oh. trying to like see, you know, where's the sweet spot? Like where, where, you know, where can I position myself? And, you know, it's that kind of performance art aspect of what you do. Like there's a lot of, you know, I think when you're in the midst of doing it, you're in this no mind state where you have to really turn the brain Completely. off. But before that, I can see the, you know, the wheels of the mind turning, like looking around, like trying to figure yeah. out. It's accessing creativity. I think that's mm -hmm. what I'd call it is that 
use, you know, the mind to, to find that, that realm of what, what can I register here from something I kind of recognise that I've done previously and then you try and build on that. And so to see this, I'm looking for things I've kind of done in the past and then you, when I start to play on it, you start to find new things that maybe I've never tried and mm-hmm. it's really fun. Yeah, it's cool. I want to get into all of that, but before we do, like, why don't you just, for the uninitiated, yeah. explain what free running is, like what parkour is. Free running is kind of that thing everyone did when they were a kid and they balanced on a wall and their mother held their hand. And it's kind of like you, you're climbing around your environment and exploring and, and it kind of evolved. It came out of Paris. It was called parkour, which means obstacle coursing, mm-hmm. um, but with a C and they spelt it with a K, P-A-R-K-O-U-R. About 20 years ago, a guy called David Bell invented it. It came from his father who trained firefighters how to get around environments efficiently and then it came to England maybe 10 years ago and I saw a documentary there um, called Jump Britain mm-hmm. and it just blew my mind because it was like this evolution of kids in a playground to adults with big muscles climbing around buildings, their environment, using it in such a unique way. And I mean, a lot of people see that and they think that's dangerous and they see kind of this negative side of it straight away and they're kind of, oh, the, 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 you know, the older generation of more fear, they, they kind of put their own perception of if that was me climbing on that wall that could be dangerous but for me as a kid I just saw you know this beautiful movement and it yeah it's just moving through your environment be it walls or through nature I like to climb trees in a creative way it, it initially it was about efficiency it was going from A to B as fast as possible mm-hmm. um, they say be strong to be useful so you know if you if you lock yourself out your house or there's a fire you can get away from it or go save someone it's, it's being able to be in any environment and know the limits of what your body can achieve. A lot of the things we do, sometimes people say, oh, I reckon I could do that, but I'm just scared to try it. Mm-hmm. And we we get to that level where we know what we can do. You know, there's no gray areas. It's black or white. I can do this or I can't do this. And it's mm-hmm. having that confidence in any situation to, mm-hmm. to know your environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it, it's this weird merging of incredible physical physicality physical prowess physical acumen with almost this like ballet like performance art aspect to it and what i always notice is the amazing use of like leverage and momentum to create efficiencies you know when you see when i see you you know sort of climb up or down my wall or you know sort of bounce off two walls to go up you're using your it 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 looks so you make it look so easy because of of this mastery that you have over your body to kind of Mm. create these momentums that carry yourself it must make it it, i think because it's such a natural thing that we do it feels so natural when you get to like a decent level and at it that it that's why it looks easy to people because it's something that our bodies are designed to be able to do you mm-hmm. know we used to have to climb trees and things like that and then like you say you've got ballet and these movements look so poetic and it's kind of that that balance of you know calisthenics which Travis is a complete master of but then you're using those those strengths you get from that to tra- to traverse across an environment right and then you kind of add flair and that's where free running came about from the parkour was it's kind of you move through an environment but then you can add flips and tricks and make it more of uh, art performance right so that's the difference between what would be considered strict parkour and free running that's what online became <laughs> became the difference right. i don't really agree with it. i i use the both terms like so i free flow between parkour free running and i mean the same mm-hmm. thing yeah interchangeably yeah. um but 
but for some people they need that difference and parkour is the efficient movement free running is the poetic movement right right and it's this use of your environment wherever you are like i was watching some of your videos and Mm. it's just using the urban landscape or the natural landscape Mm -hmm. and then figuring out how to navigate through that in a really beautiful artistic way yeah it's just Mm -hmm. the outlet of uh, creativity for me and i was always as a kid i looked up to breakdancers and gymnasts and just movement like that kind of expression movement got like it hit something in my soul and I was I was blessed that I was able to now make a career out of this thing mm-hmm. because I, I believe everyone's here on this earth with a destiny and they've got a gift that they're given that their soul matches up with and then you know you use that gift and then you have to have a a positive message with mm-hmm. that. So I'm in a position now, I've got this gift and people look to me because of what I do. Okay. So I'm in a position where people are going to listen to what I say. I have to make sure I use that responsibly. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think we're here for. We're here to, you know, have a gift and then use it to promote something positive. Right. I mean, that's, that's a big theme of this podcast. And I was, I was actually laughing out loud when I was reading your bio on your website because, you know, I'm thinking, all right, you know, two-time world free running champion. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll click on his bio and it's going to be this long list of all these sort of accomplishments and things that mm-hmm. you've won and et cetera. And instead it was like this beautiful polemic about life, this sort of philosophical, <laughs> you know, kind of yeah. perspective on, on, you know, how you see uh, yourself in the world and, and what you feel is important in what you do and, and how you express yourself creatively, athletically, and physically. Mm. And in reading it, I was like, you just captured exactly the, the, basically the primary theme of what I try to use this podcast for, which is to help empower people to find that, that thing inside of them, you know, that maybe yeah. they once embraced as a child and kind of got eroded over time. Exactly and the case. To try to find yeah. a way to express that more fully and to kind of step into a more authentic, fully actualized, you know, version of, of yourself. And every guest that I have on is some form or another of that in, in, in a variety of different ways, but you said it so beautifully. I, I loved it. Yeah. Thank you. That, but yeah, I sent it to a friend and he went, wow, like you've gone a bit too far with that <laughs> no, <laughs> because that it's horrific. like about me section and it yeah. should be, you know, your arguments or whatever, but I, but I, I thought it was great because you don't like, you're like, cause that's what you're expecting. I wanted to be honest, right? man. Yeah. I wanted to be honest yeah. and that's how I feel. And people can read that and be like, well, he's this hippie schmippy dude. Or some people can be like, damn, that we want him involved with what we do. And those are the people I want to work with. You know? Right. So it cuts out the, the, I think it's powerful. And I think if, you know, if you were a yoga instructor, people would be like, oh, well, that's what you would expect. Somebody who's <laughs> yeah. a meditation te- Like if it was Charlie yeah. Knowles or somebody like that, you'd expect mm. something like that. But with somebody who is so into the, this, you know, who, it's explosive. What we yeah, do. it's yeah. very. It, it requires an incredible amount of strength and power and agility and skill and and you know, in in certain respects, sort of almost a martial art in its own right. And yeah. it's very different from you know the hippie sports or like what I do, endurance running or endurance sports. It's it's yeah. very very masculine in the same way that what you know Mac Danzig does is very masculine. Yeah. And I think when somebody who is so skilled or has such great proficiency. Um, in something like that, like yourself, when you express yourself that way, I think it's much more powerful. Timothy, actually, when I were driving up here and we were just kind of talking about kind of the evolution of where like parkour and free running is going, where calisthenic is going Mm -hmm. and like being able to use, you know, being good at a certain art, you have an an ability to, you know, put your own message on it. You know, we, we feel very strongly that, Mm -hmm. you know, we can direct something with, you know, like I'm so appreciative of Timothy because that is his bio, you know, and like my bio would be something that's similar. Yeah, you, know, you would be the same. <laughs> you know, it wasn't yeah. like I, I'm not here to brag about what I've done. You know, it's really like to display a message of how we can make the world better, you know, and how I, you can find your passion and what you want to do. Yeah. And I think the beauty now is the universe 
appears to be supporting those people more like mm -hmm. whether it was 2012 or whatever they say but you know the people that are authentic and they're themselves and they've got integrity they seem to be surfacing to the top now and all these companies coming about that care about eco-friendly the environment you know veganism like promoting life and health they're slowly surfacing and surfacing and it's mm -hmm. a really exciting time to be involved in this movement and part of me is like yeah, I just know that we're going to win in the end. So I'm just on this team. Like, it's kind of like a selfish thing. But, it's, yeah. but, it, but you know, it's win-win. Like, that's that's how it works. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, yeah, it's funny. Um, I mean, I agree with that, too. And and sometimes people say to me, well, you know, not everybody can be so talented. You know, like, not everybody can do what you do or... You know, not and, and I agree. Like I not everybody. Do, that's well, that, yeah, I mean, not everybody can be. But that's not the point. The point is, you know, not everybody <laughs> can be LeBron James. You know, yeah. but I think everybody has an innate um, talent for something, or at least a passion for something. And I think that the way our society is um, contrived, we're especially men, we're not really encouraged to explore that. It's just you know, it's something we're supposed to kind of repress and put behind us yeah or put on the side is like a, a side hobby but mm -hmm. the thing is you can make a now because of youtube and the internet and th and you can make a living doing what you're passionate mm -hmm. about and mm -hmm. it's about finding it and making it work and acknowledging that it may take a bit of work in the beginning and you may take a year or two till you find your feet and you have to juggle a few things but when you get there there's nothing more rewarding than making a living doing what you love but then at the same time you know once money gets involved it changes things so there's a constant struggle that you have to mm -hmm. kind of find the right balance of what you're doing and right yeah when you were so how old were you when you first saw these documentaries or you became interested i was in 15 or? 16 i was 16 i think yeah. i'm 26 now so it was about 10 years ago and you were like a break dancer at the i was time. A so you're already was kind of into this movement physicality. yeah yeah i loved it but there was a lot of competition and breakdancing and it was very one-dimensional the music got really boring to me as well like i did really love it at the time but that really gave me a unique style when I came, came over to freerunning because a lot of freerunners either they didn't do a sport or they did skateboarding, roller skating. Some did martial arts, but there was no style in those kind of, I guess skating and that has a certain mm -hmm. style, but breakdancing is a very, is, there's not many freerunners that came from a breakdancing background and that gave me a unique perspective on it and I, it made me stand out pretty early on and within nine months of uh, starting freerunning, I was making videos and I joined a team uh, called Urban Freeflow and I went to Iceland to do a show for Nokia out there mm -hmm. and within nine months I'm getting paid you know to, to do some of them I'm just passionate about as a kid right and, right and that's when it picked up from there and I mean did you ever imagine you'd be able to make a career out of doing this or you were just it following your thought, heart it was, nah, it was following my heart it really wasn't a thought I people ask me that and I'm like now it's obvious yeah of course you can but at the time I was at school I enjoyed doing maths a lot I got into university to do a maths and physics degree um, at 19 and I was doing a bit more at free running. I'm, I'm lucky. I was blessed. My parents, I mean, they, they supportive enough. They, I mean, they don't get the whole vegan th thing, mm -hmm. but at the time they, they said, okay, you can defer your university for a year. Try the free running thing. If, when it doesn't work out, you can go to university. They gave me that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Not, I mean, at, at that age, you should have free will anyway, but, but they supported me enough to let me do it. And I pursued it, made enough money that they said, okay, you can do it for another year. And it, and it just, it's just rolled from there. It's mm -hmm. really good. And what is it about like the, you know, part of it, part of your journey is tapping into this, this sort of thing that in many ways is a very, uh, like childlike or naturally childlike, you, you know? So yeah. a big part of your story is trying to get people to understand or embrace this inner child within. Yes, right. So yes. tell me a little bit about, yeah, that. I think parkour 
gives too much of a label to what I do. Like people say, oh, there's skateboarding, there's parkour, there's BMXing. It's not like any of them. There's no variable. There's no alter thing that you have to do it with. It's just play. Like parkour is too much. Sometimes I say we're just playing, you know, let's go out and play. Mm-hmm. No, we, we often call it training and I've, I've started not using that word because it <laughs> makes it sound like work yeah. and it shouldn't be work. It should be... I don't feel like I've worked a day in my life. I play and I've got, you know, good physique, good, good muscles, good strength. And I just play and climb around like I did on your house. You know, right. that's 10 minutes on this house. Imagine what I can do. You give me a whole city and mm-hmm. you just get stronger and you get better. And whatever you practice, you get better at. And that's, that's all we do. And, right. and it is just looking at your environment like a kid looks at a playground. Like you give a playground some swings and a slide they're not always going to swing and slide down the slide they're going to start climbing on the frames you know uh-huh. kids don't do that and that's what we have to do as adults is look at the world in this perspective of here's a walkway okay but people just zone out I've got to get to work so I'm going to walk to work the same route but they don't take in anything around them and it makes you observe and it puts you in the moment because wherever I walk I'm always looking for things to do and so I always know my environment wherever I'm at mm-hmm. Yeah, it grounds you in the present. It, and that's yeah. the key, right? And that's what everyone tries to teach, but we kind of have that in us. We just uh-huh. lose it as we become an adult and they say, you know, you need to go to grow up, stop doing that, stop being childish. I remember I used to walk on my hands as 10, 11 years old from my kitchen to my living room, get a tape measure out, how far can I walk, try and beat that distance, beat that. <laughs> Eventually I got in and I walked around the table and I was like, yes, I went to... Uh, high school, you call it here when I was like, tw- is that high school, 12 years old? Uh, That's middle school. Junior middle high, school, yeah. school. Yeah. And um, we call it secondary school. And I did it there and the teachers told me off. They said, you can't do that. What if the kids copy you and hurt themselves? So mm-hmm. I stopped for a few years. <laughs> and then, you know, I realized when I was like 15 and I wanted to do breakdancing, why did I stop? Like, what, who are they to tell me? Like, mm-hmm. what I should do with my own body? This is my expression. And that was a real, like, realization that, we're really in a society and those people don't mean to be like crushing what we do. They just raise that way. You know, they, they think that it's out of the ordinary. Don't do that. And we just need to change that. And we're starting that change now. Yeah. It's cool. That's like Tyler. That's like, uh, remember when we interviewed, uh, Casey Neistat in New York and he was saying that he used to get in, he's a, he's a amazing filmmaker and Mm. YouTuber and makes these incredible movies. Uh, but very much an, icon- an iconoclast and a, and a free thinker. And yeah. he, he told this story about how he used to get in trouble in high school all the time for skateboarding around. And the, and the teacher would say, do you think you're going to be able to skateboard when you're at work? And mm. when he finally had a studio for himself, he built a half pipe in his studio. <laughs> He's like, yes, I do. I can skate at work, you know, and, and being able to maintain that, that like you know, that passion that you have as a kid. Yeah. You know, and too. we, you know, we brought up in a society that kind of, crushes that but it's changing and uh, mm-hmm. and there's so many like ted talks from kids that was homeschooled and just oh yeah the kid in the beanie what's I mean, that guy's name i can't you remember that guy? yeah but things He's like amazing. that pop yeah. up and it's just so inspiring to see you know what and the the truth can only be hidden for so long and it's school is not the system isn't right at the moment it's got to change because mm-hmm. you can't put everyone into this one box and we're such different uh, we express ourselves so differently and it's well we're in an amazing time where we've never had more access to information and culture and society in in certain ways is forced to be more transparent than it ever has and people have very finely attuned radar for what's authentic and what and when they they're being <laughs> pitched or or sold something mm-hmm. right and so i think people are gravitating more towards um, <clears throat> you know, this search for something more real or authentic. And I think at the same time, the internet isolates us and makes us feel alone. And I think that that drives us even deeper towards this need to try to connect with something real and authentic. It does. And 
Oh yeah, what's his name? Ted, uh, oh, Logan Laplante. Check that oh, talk. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. He's the TED Talk kid, yeah. homeschool kid. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched. Um, <laughs> there's a, a documentary. It's a black and white one on uh, diplomatic school in England, and this head teacher's philosophy was: you let the kids play as long as they want. Eventually, they're going to want to come inside and learn something. And that was the whole philosophy: was you let them choose. And there's a school in Denmark that does this now. Mm-hmm. They can play for as long as they want, but after an hour, they want to come in and, and learn something that they're passionate about you limit it to an hour and they're like, oh no, it's the end of play. <laughs> it's funny how it works. Right. Like you create these boundaries and you don't need to. Kids find it themselves anyway. And so they come inside, they ch- and the, the school in Denmark, they have five-year-olds and 18-year-olds working on the same subject because right. they can help each other and they can learn. There's a school in Russia like that as yeah. well. There's a documentary about it. It's called, I think it's called The School, but it's amazing. <laughs> where they have, yeah, the older kids are helping the younger kids and they pick a subject and they all go in deep together that's on it. it. Uh, and, it, we, you know, we homeschool all our kids and yeah. that's been a big, you just sound like my wife when you were talking right there, the way that we've <laughs> sort of approached our 10-year-old daughter Mathis's education. And... You know, she's already discovering what her passions are, and she's very self-motivated. Mm-hmm. And it's in large part uh, driven by my wife's conviction that it's important to, like, sort of leave them alone to breathe and, and figure out who they are. That's exactly it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, re- I'm really down with that. Yeah. So, cool. So then, how does it... It seems like it almost becomes like a conflict of interest or some dissonance when you take this sort of joyous pursuit, this art form, this performance art, and then suddenly there's competitions, right? How does that, how did that, how does that work? Like, I agree. I agree. And that's why since I've, I've left competition. Oh, I'm, you have? I yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. And it, I kind of knew at the time that they weren't right. And there were always, um, pockets within the community that were like fighting the competition and were, of course, not about competition. And, you know, and there was always a part of me that was like, yeah, these guys are right, but I'm just going to act like I'm not hearing it, <laughs> you know? And, and it was, and the thing is, the competitions were really a great opportunity for people around because they, they flew people from all around the world. You, people I'd seen on YouTube that made videos from Brazil and Australia. They flew us all together to compete, and these are great opportunities to hang out with people you'd never met before. Yeah, or, I mean, or, it facilitates community. It, it builds I would community, think. which is yeah. awesome. And that was awesome. Yeah. So we were like, these events are great. We get to hang out. But then there was always the underlying theme of at the end of it, there's going to be one winner and there's going to be one loser and or a few losers mm-hmm. and there's going to be an after party and there's going to be people that are getting praised and there's going to be people sat in the back that aren't as happy because they didn't win and I don't like that's kind of like an energy pull back and forth of like mm-hmm. this guy won the energy today off everyone he gets all the and it's and as much as you can say it was, it was, no one's really that competitive there it's kind of going that way now where people are more competitive and they're being secretive with their, with their runs and which is fine. I mean, that's tactics. That's, that's what competition is. But I don't agree with competition anymore. I think it's kind of, someone called it the modern war. You know, it's like this, this thing. And, and I see the parkour community going that way now where people are, the next generation of kids are training just to go to competitions and win competitions. Mm-hmm. And that's never why I did it. I didn't do it for those reasons. I did it because I was a kid and I enjoyed playing with my friends on walls. And, it's the, and you really lose that purity. And so it kind of, it kills the soul for me a little. And that's why I'm going to move to LA because I need to help as much as possible, those people that want to keep it, you know, authentic and real, I want to help them people and promote mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. it's, it's real and kids want to do it and it's healthy for kids to do it. And I want to make sure these kids grow up with the right attitude and they don't grow an ego attached to competition and being right. the best. And they start saying, Oh, I can jump further than you. I can jump higher than you. It's not about that. Everyone's got different skills. Everyone's better at something than everyone else. Mm-hmm. So why start this, you know, this 
competition. Right, right. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of, uh, have you ever seen Danny McCaskill's videos who yeah. kind of does what you do except on a bicycle? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're amazing videos. Yeah. And he never competed, right? And they're not, yeah, I don't even know if they have, comp- maybe they have competitions Trials, around yeah. that or whatever, but yeah. I don't think so. But no. just, you know, a I've beautiful, out with him a few times. beautiful artist. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. guys, magical and what he can do. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah I, was, I was put into a competition that was actually, you know, challenged essentially to be in it. And I d- wasn't really excited to be in it but you know i did it and battled this amazing guy you know always go wide on instagram but Mm. uh after you know very grateful that i won but i really made it a point that we were both the winners and like really we were able to set a tone you know Mm. like if you watch the video like i raised his hand with my hand you know like we hugged and embraced like one of my favorite photos ever on instagram is like we're hugging as soon as we renounced the winner you know and Mm. like the whole community came and like hugged us together Mm. you know so like being instilling that community as opposed to like i'm the king you know, like it's got to stay, it, that, way, to stay yeah. that way. And so like, I was just grateful that I had that opportunity and I, you know, I didn't know that, that what was going to happen, yeah. but I'm hopefully that, you know, using that voice to continue if competition is, is, you know, around. I think it's about intention because, it is. you know, especially if you're, if you're motivated to inspire other people or kids, you know, kids look to that and they'll go, Oh, this guy's the two time world free running champion. Well, and it's it gives me a you voice, a, it right? gives you a platform and a yeah. voice. And, and then it's about, you know, your respect for that position that you're placed in and yeah. what your intentions and motivations are with th- what you do with that. I think it's different as, as well with, with what you do. What I do is so subjective that to compare people that, are, you know, just yeah. expressing mm-hmm. their individualism and, and what comes to them naturally to compare them isn't right. Whereas with yours, it's more structured who can train the hardest, you know, and I, I support mm-hmm. competition with in terms of speed competition within free running and I think that's what could really take it to the next level possibly Olympics is if they built the same course and had eight people run it alongside each other that would be exciting to watch and then it's less subjective it's just Mm -hmm. you know who's trained the hardest for this and again it's still a bit of competition but it's it's not as much like oh the judges chose this person on this day it's you know right. it's more set no one can there's no judge there just time yeah. is the judges when you're like running around london doing mm. this stuff i mean are you like are the cops chasing you or <laughs> how does that work yeah when you're climbing up on top of buildings and everything and yeah it's funny because you know we always get security guards approach police approach i was training yesterday at usc and this policeman came up i was on the roof of a building and he said this is a second call we've had a complaint that you're around i said is what we're doing illegal he said no i said can't you just explain that to the people if it's not illegal then your job is to explain that you shouldn't just enforce something because someone complained i could complain about the way this woman walks but that doesn't, you're not going to go up and stop her walking that way like right. it's not fair if it's not illegal don't make because it's not illegal and i've had I, I did a video where I had a GoPro on my forehead and I ran along some rooftops in my hometown Derby and the police got involved. It was in the local paper. They like said, oh, this is a really cool guy because some girl that worked for the paper, some young girl liked it. And the next day, they got loads of complaints from the article about promoting this dangerous thing. The next day, they ran another article saying about reckless youth. Like, <laughs> they, you know, they changed their tone because of, they'd fit in the audience. And then the police, I had to go on a radio interview and I spoke to a policeman on the other side and he said, actually what you're doing wasn't illegal because you're on top of it. You're not inside it. Trespassing is when you're inside the property. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks. Like, <laughs> thanks for that. So I know I'm not doing anything wrong. And, and for me, the philosophy is that we're not leaving a trace. You know, it's not, there's no damage left done. And the th- at the end of the day, even if I did, and I climb trees a lot, if I, if I snapped a branch, which I really try not to, I love trees. If I snapped a tile on a rooftop, okay, I'm sorry, right? I'm, at least I'm trying to explore something. People kill animals on a daily to eat them, which mm. they don't need to do. These are natural beings that exist and we're killing them. If I snap a slate on a rooftop, 
build another one or like do or I'll pay for it or whatever but the fact the way our, our minds work is that it's okay to do this but then this thing is so far from what we should be doing right so when does the vegan thing come into the picture because it wasn't that long ago right it was, yeah about a year and a half two years right. but it, it was a shock to me you know I was what happened I saw a Gary Yurovsky video. Yeah. <laughs> Rock on that guy. I love uh-huh. Gary Yurovsky, man. He, he's a preacher for the people. Uh, but he, I mean, he's preaching for vegans. He, he, he has a hard message, but you know what? I can't ignore truth. If someone speaks the truth to me, my ego won't get in the way. I'll acknowledge that as the truth. And that's mm-hmm. what he did. I always thought I was... It's that one, like he has like a one hour lecture. It was that lecture. And, and there's right. stuff since then that he said that he's got some great quotes. Like mm-hmm. he's thought a lot about it, but... I think explain he, for the listener who hasn't heard of, of Gary Yurovsky. He's a he's a very big vegan activist. He's been arrested. He he once freed load of mink from um, some factory and cost one point two million worth of damage and got put in prison for a, a while. And he's banned from several countries because of that for f- saving the lives of animals. It's it's kind of ridiculous. But he does a talk on YouTube called "The Greatest Speech You'll Ever Hear," and it just resonated with me because I always knew growing up killing animals was wrong. I if I I wouldn't kill a spider. I'd put it in a glass and take it outside. If I trod on a snail by accident, I'd feel really bad for that snail for about five minutes. And then I'd be inside eating, probably eating a chicken sandwich and didn't put the two together that I'm feeling mm-hmm. guilty for this and yet this is okay. And I remember when I was like five years old, I asked my mum, is, is lamb that we're eating, is this the baby sheep? And she said, yeah. And I thought, what? That's really mean. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And then... But she was the one that loved me, that raised me. I trusted her opinion. I trust her. You know, she, I'm five years old. What am I going to know better than my mother? No, of course I don't. Mm-hmm. But it turns out you do when you're a kid. Kids often know the truth more than parents. And we just get, we get conditioned and then we just accept these, these social norms. Once I realized that, you know, I'm an open-minded guy and, and I allowed the, the, the truth to come into me and it resonated. And obviously it's a challenge getting over because I was probably 23. So for 23 years, three meals a day, I've been conditioned to eat a certain way. Now that's a lot of untangling to undo mm-hmm. and so I had to work through it and I'm st- I still process I mean being vegan for, I mean some people can do it overnight you know they get it I, I've got both my sisters are quite obese um, I, I I wasn't fat but because I trained out it turned to muscle so I was quite bulky mm-hmm. from eating burgers and I didn't eat that badly but I still ate a lot I love burgers and fries and I definitely came from a heavy meat background but you know I flourished when I became vegan it, mm-hmm. it made me thrive and I think it's still hard because London, is, you know, has, there's other things I really want to move towards the sun and fresher fruit and vegetables. So I, I just, I've still got a lot of growth to come. But that first step on the ladder, I was like, wow, this so is... So it really was know. like, what, it was watching that video, like who, who encouraged you it to watch it? Or did somebody say, or did you just stumble upon it accidentally? Yeah, or I was what in, led to that? I was in Bucharest and I was with a friend and he's vegetarian and he's a really strong guy. And um, I was like, oh, I'll try, maybe I'll try this thing. And I can't remember how I came across that video, but I'm so mm. grateful I did. And as a few people I've shared that to since, boom, done. You have to choose your audience because it's... And the thing is, it's not about converting people to veganism. I don't like that word. It's not like a religion. It's reminding them to be vegan. When we're children, we don't want to harm animals. And I wouldn't take... I wouldn't know to take an chi- egg from a chicken or things like this. It's, it, I knew that as a kid. I asked my mom about, is this lamb the thing? Because I don't want that on my, on my mm-hmm. conscience. It's just reminding people, you know, we've got this empathy. We've evolved to feel for animals. We feel compassionate for them. Now, why don't we just act in it? When's our diet going to catch up to this compassion that we, we feel? Well, the entire system is set up to prevent us from confronting that truth. Like we're very, we're so distanced and isolated from the process by which our food is manufactured, yeah. raised, you know, yeah. slaughtered, distributed, yeah. packaged, and all of that kind of thing that you have to make a very conscious effort to 
consider that because if you if you don't, it's easy to just be on autopilot, mm. and and it's hard to you know it, it, denial is very powerful. You know, I've I've had you know I I struggle with denial a lot in my life with. Mm unhealthy behavior patterns. And I've, you know, had my issues over the years. Um, and I know what it's like to kind of sort of relax into, you know, uh, an inaccurate, uh, perspective of yeah. reality, you yeah. know, and it, it's, it's very difficult to kind of put that aside and say, no, this is the way that really is. And I'm going to act accordingly. Mm. So I think it's, <clears throat> you know, I never, I have no judgment on how other people live their lives. Yeah. Um, and I got into it originally for health reasons, not for ethical reasons. The yeah. ethical aspect of it, it has become mm. much more important to me, yeah. more important to me than I ever thought that it would, but that wasn't the original motivator. Yeah. That, for me, I was, I was one that was the moral issue of killing animals when mm. we don't need to, but there are a lot of people, some people do it for environmental reasons. People do it for health. A lot of people do it for health reasons. And then they realize, Oh, what, a, what am I doing? I need to watch Veducated. A few people have told me about that one. Have you seen that one? Yeah. Yeah. That's Where they a good take one. meat eaters that think they'll never ever change. And mm -hmm. by the end, the animal activists, it's like, <laughs> that's all you need to know. You know, like, right. It's, you, it keeps you, I mean, there's so many chapters to it. There's the science behind it. But for me, I like it on a spiritual level. You know, you eat these dead animals they're fearing and you you take that on, on board and it keeps you brainwashed like that, that word's gonna freak some people out if, if they're not vegan but eat you realize and i've had so many friends that have been vegetarian since that they realize eating meat keeps you at that level of thinking it's okay it's hard to see because you're in this cloud this smog of, of it's all right to do this and when you mm -hmm. come out you realize and now i look at, at meat you know it's just flesh like any human flesh and it's 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 scary and when i see it in the tv show there's a kid eating a burger i mean i accept it i'm not i don't freak out and go oh, i need to stop this because mm -hmm. it's the way you know you gotta laugh at this you gotta can't take life too seriously that's what i live in that's the, the this chapter of whether you believe in reincarnation or what that's this life i'm in this this is the, the chapter that mm -hmm. the whole you know human race is in right now that's part of it but it's still kind of sickening that you know what's really going on the reality of things right you know, everything is without sounding like too new agey, but you know, everything is energy yeah. and energy cannot be created or destroyed. Yeah. It's just transferred. And we have a choice about what kind of energy we want to take into our bodies. And that applies to the people we want to surround ourselves with. You know, you always say like, you know, surround yourself with high vibrating people. If you're around people that are, um, positive thinking, you know, yeah. sort of highly motivated, well-grounded people, then you feel better, you know, right? And so why Definitely. would that not apply to, to yeah. what you're taking into your body? If you're, you're making this choice about whether you're taking a low vibrating food and that doesn't, that, that, you know, can apply to Frito chips too. You know, it's sort of, you know, things that are, that are dead and, and inert versus, Absolutely. you know, a living, you know, sort of, you know, micronutrient dense plant food. That's a mm. different energy that you're taking in. You can feel that difference. So why would that not apply to the animal products yeah. that you're taking into your diet? And, you know, it's, I think that's something I never would have considered or believed in until yeah. I had the experience for myself. Yeah. People are coming over to that, that whole thing now as well. People are starting to sense the vibrations and feel that. And I know when I eat a raw, I aim to eat raw, but it's, it's you know, in London or when I'm in LA for a week, it's like exciting to go to all these restaurants, <laughs> but I know how much better I feel. And I actually feel my whole vibration is better. I went to Thailand for a week. I was doing yoga quite often in London. I went to Thailand for a week and I ate really healthy, raw, clean. It's so easy to eat fresh fruit out there. And I came back and I remember my first yoga class back. 
I felt so like it was the easiest thing and it just my whole this vibration that was at this frequency and I was like wow this is it's possible to feel this way and I'm sure it's somewhere people can get to on drugs but there's a natural mm-hmm. way to, to reach that kind of yeah. that feeling and it helps you know the, when the collective consciousness is, rises as we're all rising and we all get better at this mm-hmm. it's only, we're only going to feel better and better and when I see like a fight or like now or you see you know someone at the slaughterhouse or something I feel this sink in my whole energy just drop and it's and it takes you a while to get back out of that slump but I'm really sensitive now to energy of people around me and vibration and things it's Mm -hmm. all about positive energy yeah 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 that's pretty interesting You are listening to this podcast because you care about improving your health and your well-being. But this quest is incomplete if you have yet to add my friend Dr. Rangan Chatterjee's Feel Better, Live More podcast into your listening quiver. An RRP favorite and someone I'm personally quick to call when I'm in need of good advice. From nutrition to mindset, fitness, and relationships, each episode is packed with the tools you need to become the architect of your health. Subscribe to Feel Better, Live More, available wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. There is so much health information out there. It can feel overwhelming and leave even the most well-intentioned confused about what's what and who to trust. Well, the first person that I call when I'm seeking clarity is my friend and nutrition expert, Simon Hill, host of the fantastic podcast, The Proof. Each week, Simon matches wits with brilliant scientists, translating their evidence-based insights into actionable tools for better well-being. Subscribe to The Proof, available wherever you get your podcasts, and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. Have you seen uh, Damien Mander's TED Talk? No. He's oh, the guy. The big South a, African. Yeah, the South African. Amazing. Guy. That's yeah, good yeah. for like jock men. Like, yeah, well, he's like the most alpha male dude of all time, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this guy. And he was, he was a, was he a, a South African or a British soldier in Afghanistan? I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I watched it. He's video. the one that was on about conserving animals in Africa, right? Right. But originally he was like this I major was, hardcore like sniper He was dude. SAS or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like special forces guy it. who, you know, was in the, in the muck big time and just saw more than his fair share of, you know, yeah. killing it, you know, in warfare. Australian and uh, Special Forces. Oh, he was Australian, yeah, right? Go. Yeah. Have you watched that TED Talk? It's insane. I'll put a warrior. link. Warrior. What's it called? Something Warrior? 
I'll put a link up in the show notes. Incredible though. But then he, uh, yeah, like then he, he bought, he bought land in South Africa. Right. And he started to see how the poachers were treating the big game and, and it just, it just enraged him. And he decided he was going to take a stand against this. I think he actually was off like hunting these guys, you know, like, (laughs) and, uh, and he gives this incredibly eloquent Ted talk about his, position on animal welfare especially big game animals it's it's beautiful and it's it's very potent because he is such a force of masculinity he is but and then that shows his transformation was his mind realized why are these elephants more important than the cows like he'd be saving these elephants and then going back and making barbecues and he, mm-hmm. he posted a question there he says does a cow value its life more, do I value this barbecue more than a cow values its life? And no one can ever, there's only one answer for that. You know? Right. Obviously the cow values its life more. And, um, and now you're getting people on Facebook. I see so many people, these, these, a lot of girls, I guess, <laughs> posting <laughs> about these animal problems, like these dolphin slaughter, or they fed a giraffe to some lions in a zoo. And, you know, again, about dogs in China and, there are all these things and then I asked them I say are you vegetarian you know you care about these dolphins here or you care about this giraffe but yet you're making a choice that causes death to other animals and it's not as humans it's not our choice to say what animal is more important than another how about we just don't fuck with any of them you know? mm-hmm. can I swear on this podcast you can say whatever you want man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. a lot of passion I yeah. respect, I respect yeah. that I like the passion <laughs> um, as an athlete what were the differences that you yes. saw when you started to eat this way? Because you're you're a big guy. I mean, for a parkour guy, I think you know that a lot of the guys are like they look like rock climbers, Agile, right? Really yeah, skinny yeah. little dudes. But you're like yeah. a big dude. Yeah. Um, so I trimmed up more than I did, and I want to trim up a bit more because it feels fun to be agile. You know, mm-hmm. for me, it's not about look. I've never cared about this, how I look as body wise. That's just a. It comes with, with what I train. It's like secondary. I, so I trimmed up a bit. I had Achilles tendonitis. I had, um, I've never broke a bone, touch wood. Right? You've never broken a bone? No, which is a, yeah, a I see like the outtakes in your yeah. videos where you're like wiping out and yeah. everything like that. Like I would assume you're getting injured all the yeah. time. Yeah, it's very calculated. That's the thing is, yeah. we're, we're quite, it's only you and the environment that you're working with. And so long as you check the environment and you trust your body. And there's a certain faith that we do things with. That's what this movement really taught me faith, you know, because everyone says fear is, isn't real, you know, danger's real, fear isn't real. And mm-hmm. so when you go at something second guessing it, the problems come up when, and so I've learned to have faith in what I'm doing and go at it calm. There's, I don't like doing things when there's adrenaline pumping through my body. Cause then you're not, you're not quite as, as clear as you should be when I'm, when I'm calm and I'm like, yes, this feels right. You know, that's when I, I'm doing some of the, mm-hmm. my best stuff. Because it's a meditate, it's a moving meditation. Mm-hmm. And so, how did the dietary shift kind of, yeah. you know, change that, That's or what, was, what was the impact of that on that? So, I tore my meniscus a few years ago, probably six or seven years ago, and I had surgery on them, and that took a while to heal. And so, every winter, I'd feel kind of aches in my knees, and I had Achilles tendonitis. And since being vegan, the aches in my knees went away in the winter. The Achilles tendonitis went away, not, not come back at all. And these, these little changes because, you, you know, your digestive system gets a chance to rest. When you're eating heavy meats, that's a lot of energy gone to there. And as soon as you're eating lighter foods, it frees up all the energy and your body's like, right, let's take the chance to go heal this bit that we've been waiting so long for mm-hmm. to go heal. And, and so all these things, these little things cleared up and it's, right. it's been amazing. And how did the, the sort of 
parkour community where you live, yeah. uh, what was their reaction? I mean, I would assume that sort of the paleo diet is probably the predominant diet in the, in the parkour community. Yeah, well, in the uh, American parkour right? community yeah. is a yeah. bit. But I've, since I've spoke out openly on it, because I am in a position where some of the community listen to me. Of course, some of them make jokes about, you know, the younger kids that don't quite understand it yet. They just want to remain in, the, in their ignorance. And I would have done the same thing. I remember saying to vegetarians years ago, how about if for every animal you don't eat, I eat three. Would you eat animals then? Absolute ignorant. What an idiot. Mm. Like, but there's a lot of them have taken to it. I've, I spoke out openly and the kids have gone, yeah, you know, that's right. Well, all we, what we do is about not leaving a trace behind. And if you're leaving a trail of animal carcasses every meal that you eat, that's, you're leaving a trace. You know, being strong, sh- strength should build up. You know, it shouldn't take from anyone. It shouldn't take a life, especially it shouldn't take a life. Mm-hmm. So, if, and when you can be just as strong, if not healthier, fitter, you can thrive on a vegan diet. That's the ethos of parkour. It's about we flight over fight. You know, it's already about not damaging your environment. And the animals, environment goes as far as animals because that's really the big environmental issue. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting. Mm. Yeah, I like that F- flight over f- flight over fight. fight. Yeah, yeah. And the parkour really is, is a very spiritual practice. The way it was came across initially, it could be the first you know full vegan discipline. Like I don't see it anytime soon, but people are, are ready to hear it. They're starting to listen, and there's so many people get it. And it's really nice for me to the amount of kids I get messages every single day from parkour kids said thanks for helping me. I'm vegetarian now, and I feel a lot better. And it's you know, there's kids like me. Some people have fast metabolisms and they're all the skinny ones. I maybe have a slower one. And that's why I build more bulk or whatever. And there's kids like me that are able to do parkour at a better level because they would have been a, you know, chubbier kid, doesn't it? Right. Well, I think the most powerful thing is for you to just continue to improve and get better and do what you do. And that speaks louder than anything that comes you, out of your right. mouth. You know you, what you, I mean? You're very right there. Yeah. So how does this, uh, how does this then how does it work as a vocation? Like, how do you make a career out of this? Like you're able to travel, yeah. you're making these videos and you know, um, YouTube gave me a bunch of funding last year to oh, produce wow. content because oh, that's cool. YouTube is smart. They realize, you know, people can watch YouTube at any time, anywhere in the world. Whereas TV shows, you know, they're limited to a country at a certain time. So they're starting to put money towards it. And they realize free running is a big online YouTube community. Mm-hmm. Let's fund a few YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash flow. Real. Mm-hmm. We got, we got a good name on that one. Um, and they gave me funding to produce 50% of the content. And it was like good fund, like six oh, figure wow. funding. Uh-huh. I had to, I've got a production team that worked with me and we traveled. I could do whatever I, well, I pitched eight strands of series I wanted to do and they chose seven of them. And that's what I got the funding for. I got to travel the world. I went to Hong Kong. That was one of my favorite mm-hmm. episodes we did was, um, in Hong Kong. I went to Cairo. Yeah. Uh, YouTube, uh, dot com slash flow, right? Slash like flow. Flow yeah. Challenge. Check yeah, it out. The Hong out. Kong cool. documentary made really excited when we put that out and it got really good feedback for it. it went all over the Hong Kong um, media they loved it out there as well because we were on rooftops in the nature and you uh-huh. know, it was beautiful <laughs> went to Cairo I climbed a pyramid there illegally three in the morning oh wow got, yeah it's daunting but got that videos coming out in the next few weeks on there and um so yeah I got a bunch of fun I just got back from Sydney I flew direct from Sydney to LA um Jamie Oliver's uh, double I do some I double him initially it was for stunt work I was like we became friends through he made an epic veg time right which is like epic meal time and <laughs> i met great. his manager and he knew i was vegan he was like, i'll come down for this and i met him that day and we got on really well and i've met him a few times since and he got a contract with sobeys which is an american canadian supermarket mm-hmm. and he said oh let's write tim into the script because he's running around delivering um healthy food to houses he said uh-huh. let's write tim so i'm jumping in between we've got similar hair that's about oh, so you i see so you body double for him <laughs> so on I bottled it for that and then i went to canada toronto uh-huh. did an advert there 
And then he shot one for Woolworths in London, which is a Australian supermarket. Mm -hmm. And what he's doing with, with them is, and with Sobeys as well, is when they sign a contract to be associated with Jamie Oliver and they have his face all over the shop and on their products, they have to sort their animal welfare out. He's got animal welfare guys that are really on point with this. I've met a few of them. And they go to all the farms that these people buy from and they check the standards and the quality and they make them raise it. In Europe, Jamie Oliver did a TV show about six years ago that got rid of uh, battery farm chickens. One mm -hmm. 45-minute TV show done. England completely banned it. Europe's banned it now since six years it's been gone. Australia still has battery farm chickens all over all the supermarkets. So for Woolworths, which is the biggest supermarket in Australia, to sign their name with him, within the next six years, they have to completely get rid of all battery farm chickens. Oh, wow. Free range, uh, the animals have to be all free range for their meats and everything like that. So mm -hmm. he's making a difference. And if I can do anything to support him to help this cause, then, you know, I'm, I'm all yeah, in. Yeah, that guy's amazing. And, you know, even not being, you know, somebody who is a vegan, he's mm -hmm. had possibly a larger impact on, on animal welfare than any single human being just because of the amazing healthy example. Than pretty much so every, any company. Yeah, 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 he's amazing. And now you're making nutrition videos on his YouTube channel, yeah. right? I saw a couple. I saw your, your date smoothie one. Yeah. What did you call it? Daterade. 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 Yeah. I kind of ripped that from a Durian rider. <laughs> yeah, from Durian, yeah. yeah. But he's all about promoting the message. I know he uh -huh. doesn't care about that. There right. are other vegans that if I stole a name they might be a bit when you were in Thailand did you go to see Durian Rider no I didn't yeah. um, but I met him at Woodstock Fruit Festival oh that's you did oh you went to that last yeah, year yeah if you ever get a uh -huh. chance any of you vegans that I know about that that's a f I'm going there again this year oh I'm you're going to be this a year special guest mm -hmm. there I'm going to do a talk and I'm going to teach a, Michael Arnstein uh, invited me to come this year I don't know what, I listened to that podcast to oh you did oh yeah, cool yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy he, cool. I mean he runs that and uh -huh. he's cool yeah he's great if you get chance, man, it's good vibes out in nature. Like, it's really nice. It's good. So, you'll how be are you with the back. raw vegan? Do you, do you try it often? You, uh, I don't. 10, 10. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Oh, the eighty ten ten. Um, mm. I've never gone full bore into that. Um, yeah. and it's interesting because it's you know I've talked to a lot of people that are having great success with that. Obviously, Michael Arnstein. Yeah. Um, Durian Ryder, I don't know if he's he's like there was all that controversy with that. That's I don't so know what's funny. going on there, the but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even Mac Danzig, yeah, is he still funny. doing it? Because uh, he was I super think, into it. Yeah. He had just started it when I had him on the podcast. He, said he, he was he like, said it. he was feeling great. Yeah, he said he, he drifts out of it, but he does it for like months at a time, and he feels so much better just mm -hmm. on so much fruit, just mangoes and oranges. Right. And, and yeah, I know I feel better when I do that. It, it is it is key, and I think we'll get there as you know the whole world is slowly drifting, and the more people there are in that community, the more it makes it easier for vegans to step over to raw vegan. And, mm -hmm. and the, the thing is, there's a lot of raw vegan cuisine that's really fancy coming out, and I think that's kind of missing the point you know right. I do this to try and simplify my life and I'm going to enjoy like I said it's a process I'm still enjoying being vegan and going to these fancy restaurants but I know where I'm aiming for and I know I'm gradually getting there and it is raw veganism it is whole foods it is a simple lifestyle even though you're eating a lot of the time right. but it's, you don't have to cook anything you don't have to prepare these fancy raw cuisines you know you can just get by and then I, th I think we use food the way we use alcohol the way we use drugs you know the way we use burgers and things it's it's kind of a, a numbing thing you know and right that's why fasting is important i've not done much fasting i want to do more of that meditation well it's all a, it's all a process of really getting in touch with how much we use food to to manage our emotions or I use to it. repress I our emotions yeah. and and in in order to really sort of get an objective viewpoint on that you have to 
you know, try a fast or change your diet sufficiently yep. enough where you can feel those trigger points like, Oh, why am I craving this right now? What's going on with me emotionally? That's, that's making me feel this way. And, you know, journaling over that or exploring that and getting in touch with that. That's yeah. the, that's the way that you can really sort of use it to grow. You can see yourself from the other side. Then mm -hmm. you know, when you try, when you make a change and you look back or you slowly get back into the old habit and you start to, yeah, you realize the trigger points because it's really, I mean, it's so much more than the food. It's about, um, you know, the food is a step in your growth evolution process. And I think mm. there are a lot of people get so caught up in the food part of it and it just kind of stops there. But I look at it like mm. you clean up your diet and you start doing this so that you can then develop a greater relationship with yourself, yeah. sort of cultivate this, you know, increase in your vitality and energy so that you can then channel it in a healthy way with yeah. a healthy relationship with yourself. And I think if you don't sort of step into that aspect of it you're stunting your own personal growth yeah and it's, i mean it's okay to have spiritual plateaus every once in a while but we are spiritual beings and we are here for spiritual progression we come to the earth as a school for mm -hmm. us to learn and you have to really pick up on on these things and, and make sure that you are growing you know i look back to a year ago and i see a few things i did then and i go right no i am growing because uh, sometimes you beat yourself up you think i've not changed that much or these things i want to work on i've not worked on them recently but mm -hmm. it's a juggling act and you've just got to make sure that every time you get better like you're gradually getting getting somewhere and it's it's open you've got to accept the up and down the up and down but as long as you know the average line is going upwards it's all right right when you were at the woodstock fruit festival did you meet yeah. evan rock I did meet Evan Roy. He's did moved you? to Hawaii now. I know. So he's Fruit a Zen. he's a good friend of ours. He used to date uh, uh, the the young lady who babysat our little girls. <laughs> cool. And so he would come over to our house, and Julie would teach yoga to him, and, mm. and we got to know him quite well. And he lived nearby here, cool. and he would ride his bike by on the weekends. And he's probably listening. So hey, Evan. Yes, uh, hey Evan. I know. Where he's like him, organic yeah. athlete kit, and yeah. he's just a friend of our family, right? Cool. And uh, I didn't know that that. He, we had spent three years living on the North Shore of Hawaii last year yeah. uh, on cool. an organic farm. And, and he would call me and say, I'm looking for the next thing I want to do with my life. I'm not sure yet. Like, I'm really interested in what you guys are doing. Like, yeah. and, you know, we ended up not staying. We came back, but he was, I could tell he was already starting to think about how he wanted to change his life. And fast forward to, I guess, about four or five months ago. He quit his, he had a really, you know, good career as a, he worked in commercial real estate. He did mm -hmm. very well financially and all of that. And he just, you know, I would run into him at Whole Foods at lunchtime hmm. and he would be in his suit and tie, but he'd have an entire watermelon out. I've he'd never just be seen him in a suit and tie. Yeah, I, I know. So imagine. like, that's the way he was like working in his suit and tie, right? Yeah. Which is hard to imagine knowing probably the context yeah. in which you know him. Um, <laughs> And he, he would joke like, oh, the, all the people at Whole Foods know him. Like they see him. Oh, here's the guy who comes and eats a whole watermelon for lunch. <laughs> Lovely. I love that. Yeah. And now he, uh, he bought uh, a, a really sizable parcel of land on the big island of Hawaii. And he just moved there. And he's like building his, like he, he's been putting up YouTube's videos every week. He's like clearing building. the land. He already built like a little house there. He's got some people living there with him. And he just wants to create this like conscious community there. He invited like, me out. Oh, but, did but he? I, that's uh -huh. why I want to move to LA. And then I'm close to Hawaii. I do you think right. that's the next step uh, at some point in my life yeah like so, so it's almost like careful what you ask for you're gonna you like go 80 10 10 you start going like off the off the grid you know? yeah <laughs> that's the ironically enough i actually used to work in commercial real estate yeah, yeah. oh you did <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i have a very hard time seeing that yeah it's all, but, um, I'll pull up a photo for you guys but the point that I, the reason that i brought that up is because i love evan and i love seeing 
how he's evolved, you know, and it's because he made a conscious decision about, you know, the sort of the foods that he was eating and that changed his perspective and his consciousness about how he wanted to live his life and what was important to him. Yeah. And he made a radical change in how he's yeah. living. He's pulling like a Henry David Thoreau, you know, by going out and like, you know, sort of living off the land. I really respect that. But my only qualms for me is I can't disappear too. I feel I've got a responsibility to right. remain relevant and remain about and remain a voice. And I, maybe I shouldn't feel that, but that's how I feel right now. Leaving London to come here, you know, I'm, there's starting to be a community there. There's starting to grow a scene. I'm, you know, should I stay there and like be that positive energy out in there and help infiltrate and, and grow that, that there or you know or do I just leave it and be like you know what I need mm. to charge my batteries I'm going to come here for a bit and I, I think my, my destiny is pointing me in this direction for now listen to your heart yeah, yeah. yeah. the answer is there yeah. I mean <laughs> you know I think you can live in the world you don't have to exempt yourself from mm. modern society and mm. I think that you're in a rare and fortunate position where you have the ability to you know influence young people and uh and that carries a responsibility with it but that's also mm -hmm. a gift that's a beautiful thing and and to see you out there putting a positive message out is awesome you know and i think mm -hmm. we need more young people like yourself yeah. i think i can get more of a voice from la as well to be honest. Yeah, yeah for sure yeah and more backing from the right like-minded uh -huh. people yeah. so like thank you for this you know it's for sure position, yeah so Venice, and you just gonna, why don't you just stay? You <laughs> yeah. Summer always gets busy for me, uh -huh. and I, I get a lot of work traveling around the world. And my base isn't; it'd be too hard to open shift base right now from where I am. But I'm gonna wait till the summer's over, and then October I'm gonna, probably gonna move out somewhere like Studio mm -hmm. City or something. I don't, not quite Venice, but around there, so I can you know, yeah. train with Travis. Right. And, you can live some stuff in my garage. There we go. Or you can start start the move now. I'm ready for you. Yeah, <laughs> missed that flight home. The gym set up and the whole thing. Oh, it's yeah. great. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's we're gonna good. train hard. It's gonna be beautiful. Mm -hmm. We got a positive message. We're gonna send to the world. So yeah, I like it. So Travis, we were at this party last night, and uh, and Julie Handler came up to you, and she she wanted to talk to you about how she could perfect her handstand. Yeah. And you guys had a really interesting conversation where you were basically saying handstands are really about fear. Like if you could do a handstand against the wall and kind of balance yourself for a couple of seconds and you can probably do it. And what screws people up is that fear of falling or, or what's going to happen. And, and I think that's really relevant to, you know, Tim, what you do and, and how you kind of approach these sort of extraordinary athletic feats and do it with a self-confidence and a sort of grounding in the present. And, and that, so what interests me about that is your relationship to fear, like how you confront it, how you deal with it, how you walk through it or how you put it out of your mind. Yeah, it's, it's not putting it out of your mind because it's definitely there for a reason. It, what I say to people with handstands is practice on a soft ground like grass falling over. Your fear is of falling over. So go mm -hmm. fall over somewhere that you're comfortable falling over and you realize that it's not really that big a problem. Mm -hmm. Often what you don't see with free running is we've, pra we've fallen off a lot on uh, maybe four foot off the ground, three foot off the ground. We've tried to make a jump and we've fought, fallen back from it and we've worked out how to save ourselves, how to catch ourselves. So when we're high up, if the same thing happens, we kind of have that faith that if it's not going to work out, there's this backup option or there's this. And, and that's what, it looks like just some reckless guy hurling himself across, but it's very calculated. There's, you know, there's backup options. There's, there's other things involved in it. And I, th I think it's very much... It's quite like it, it's like heart intelligence, you know, it's that confidence mm -hmm. that, that comes, comes with the training that gives you the ability to apply it and have the fear there, but then go, no, you know what? I'm all right because of this. I think also 
what people probably don't realize or at least consciously realize is that when you go out and do these things, that is the evolution of many, many, many hours many. of practicing yeah. over the years progression. and, and these tiny incremental sort of increases in the distances or mm. the heights mm. that are almost probably imperceptible to you. But, you know, if you're doing some, <clears throat> you know, jump or whatever it is, you know, and you're 30 feet off the ground, you've probably done a million at, you know, 28 feet and then exactly. a million before that at 26 feet. Mm -hmm. So it, so, but by the time you're at that 30 feet, it doesn't feel any different than it did eight years ago when you were three feet off the ground. Yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly right. It. You know, it becomes the same thing. Another, another thing is when you are high up and you still, I mean, there's a hu innate human thing about you looked at, we're scared of heights and loud noises, right? They're two inbuilt fears. So when you sudden a high bone, you look down and it, it is scary, but then when you back up to do the jump, you're not actually on the edge. And you're not looking at the drop. You're just focused on the landing area and, you know, just making it across. But when you are there and the thoughts come to you, you could die. Right? You have that mm -hmm. thought. I like there is a scenario right now because if you're if you're just walking outside or something, you, you don't have that thought in your head. I could die now because that would be quite mad. But when you're up there, you think, yeah, this is a scenario which could cause the death or a really severe injury that makes you appreciate life so much more, you know, because you've been closer to it. And so then for me to feel how that feels or the possibilities there and then cast that onto an animal from knowing how it feels. We live in a culture that's so scared of death. We're so terrified of death every day. The, the news, all this propaganda, fear, terrorists, we really put it into our brains deeply. Be afraid of death. You might die. These things might come. It might happen to you. And yet we cause that, we make a decision three times a day that has that on an animal. Mm. Why, how can you constantly act so afraid of death and then be so hypocritical and be like, oh, but it's okay because it's food. You know, we think mm -hmm. it's a bypass because it's food, but we know now with people like you and us, mm. you don't need that. We don't need it. It's, yeah. The truth is there now. It's coming. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, you left me speechless. I'm sorry. I I know. I'm always this. quick with a, with a response to that. <laughs> But, um, I mean, where is this, where is this going for you? Like, where do you see yourself five, 10 years mm. down the line with this? I don't know. I, I enjoy promoting this message and I can get caught up with it, but I, I think the vegan thing is really fun for me because I've never felt, I've got a, a wristband. I never wear wristbands of like Nike or anything. This is animal liberation on it. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not passionate about any, like I've got my own free running team. I don't wear a wristband with my team on it. Animal liberation is important, man. Cause it's, it's a decision that wasn't about me. It's the first decision I made that was like, this isn't about me, but it benefits me as well. What a bonus. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about, I shouldn't make any decisions in life that take from something else. I want to live a simple life. I want to live as gently as possible on this earth. If, if the bees die out, humans will die out within two, three years. You know, you hear that, whether it's true or not, within so many years we'll go. If ants die out, we'll die out within five or six years. If humans die out, what do you think happens to the planet? Mm -hmm. It has a part. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be yeah. fine. It'll right? be better than fine. It'll be actually, better than yeah. fine. Better than ever, right? We are, of, to a degree, a virus. Like, it may sound extreme, but on the planet, we, you know, we cause all these problems. I've got to live a life that shows as, leaves as little trace as possible, just as, as much gratitude. And I say that as a guy that I have a leather belt that I still have from before I was vegan. I drive a car which puts fumes into the air. I'm, you know, it's a gradual process. Right. As we, my role is to be a free runner and use that gift to promote this message. I feel that I've kind of found that that's my current position. It may change in 10 years. I may want to do, be a DJ and I'll go be a DJ mm -hmm. if that's what I'm passionate about. <laughs> I'll just follow my passion. 
but for now, as the world grows and you've got cars like Teslas coming out and even Prius was, was a big start, even though people will hate on that as well, there's always a reason to dislike something. We're slowly headed in the right direction and my role is just to be a free runner and do that. As long as someone else works on the car, making that more ethical and someone works on this, we'll, you know, as a, a race of species, we'll get there and we'll start to live in harmony with the planet and all diseases will end up disappearing and, you know, mm-hmm. So you're, you're optimistic. I'm super optimistic. Oh man, yeah. it's, it's not a matter of hope, it's a matter of time. It's I only would, a matter of time. I was uh, listening to an interview with Shane Smith, who's the guy at vice.com. And he's been doing a lot of like pretty incredible investigative work with that organization, um, uh, concerning environmental change. And they weren't, they like went to Greenland and the message that he's coming back with is so like dire, almost like it's too late and all of that. It's very, you know, it's very uh, grim, and so I. We could I always change like, it overnight if, if we wanted, if we let the right could. people take take well, the charge. It's true, you know. So I struggle with how I, you know, like I, I'm. I just got back from. I spoke at Colorado College last yeah. night, and uh, or the night before, and it was amazing to go to a university and go to their cafeteria where they have all this organic produce yeah. and locally sourced food from nearby farms, some of which they grow on campus, and a community of young people that are interested in permaculture and sustainability and environmental change and all of these kinds of things. And then a ton of people showed up for the talk, and I ended up hanging out afterwards talking to all kinds of people, young people. And when I was in college, you know, I'm like twice your age, right? Nobody, there was nobody, I didn't know anybody who was studying permaculture or interested in these kinds of things. So when I see that and I hear what you have to say, that gives me great hope. You know, it's very encouraging and it makes me feel optimistic about the future. Yeah. But then I sort of contrast that with what I know about, you know, sort of the typical North American and kind of the way that, you know, how powerful these systems are that are in place yeah. that want us to perpetuate, you know, our reliance on fossil fuels, et cetera. And like yourself, I'm not immune from it. I drive a car and on and some level, if you, if you pay taxes, yeah. you're complicit in this system because yeah. that money goes towards farm subsidies and all these sorts of things that you may not personally uh, support. So Ch- change is coming though. You can only do your role is, you know, to be the athlete and promote this message and you do your podcast mm-hmm. and you have your books and you promote completely the right message. That's your role in this planet. As long as you die knowing that you did what you were here to do, that's fine. Someone else is working on mm-hmm. the oil issues. Someone else is working on infinite energy and all those things and they'll be suppressed for a bit. And I'm sure they have been, but it, it's going to come to light. Eventually there'll be, a, a, there'll be like radical change needs to happen. Who the right, you said the people at college, mm-hmm. you know, working on these projects and it's, it's only, it's going to happen. And I can only do my part that I'm here to do right now. And, and if, if it does fuck up in the future, so like, that's, you know, don't right, take right, life right, too right. seriously. I've, I've done, I've done yeah. what I'm here to do. You know, I could worry about all these things, but I don't have any knowledge on that. I have no passion to learn about that. Mm. I know they exist. I know problems are happening. It's, it's not my calling. I'm afraid. I, and I love hearing inspirational stories of people changing it. I will support them. And you can, you vote with your pounds. So try and give mm-hmm. money to, you know, vegan restaurants. I, I do big tips. So if you have one, invite me down, I'll give you a big tip. Cause right. I'm supporting those things. You, you vote with your money. And so long as you, you do as much as you can at the, in the moment and you are spiritually progressing, we'll be okay. Yeah. Otherwise I think know, it's, the animals will have a fun world without us. Right. <laughs> it's easy to get, uh, Overwhelmed because there are too many problems. And I think that what you said was very astute, which is, you know, find that one thing that you can kind of... Uh, Contribute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can't do everything. And if you start to think that way, you just become paralyzed. Yeah. It, yeah. Goes, it goes back to the yeah. self-realization of, you know, right. following your, your passion and what you're supposed to be here on the world for and look internally to find that. 
And I think that's, that's the key. And I also think that's something that most people really struggle with. I think if you ask the average person, yeah. you know, what are you passionate about or what is it that you think you're here to do? Um, you know, I, I just know because personally I was in this position before, like, I don't, I didn't know how to answer that question. I didn't, I didn't have a healthy enough relationship with myself to, to know what it was that made me feel passionate. That's where you're an inspiration good. though. Cause so what, what age you, did you turn it around? You were like 40, right? right? Like but I mean, something? you're, you're somebody who's fully, you know, in your passion and you're, you're, you know, you know, you're, you're very clear on, on what you believe in and mm -hmm. what your message is. And so to somebody who's listening out there who may be struggling with these yeah. things, I mean, what, how can you kind of give somebody some inspiration to, you know, find what that thing is for themselves? I think you said it earlier when you said like kids kind of know what it, what it was they wanted to do. And you, you kind of have to reconnect with that inner child because there is somewhere that knows what you wanted. Ask your parent, you know, ask one of your parents, mm -hmm. what, what did you really like to be involved with? And maybe slowly drift back towards that, uh, the most important thing you can do is yeah, everyone has a gift there to give is to find that gift. And if, you know, it takes a bit of searching, you have to stop doing what you're doing for a while, go find that gift. And then when you find it, you know, contribute mm -hmm. to, to the world in your way. And if it's small and it's in a small community and it's your friends around you and your family or whoever you're contributing to, that's fine. That's your part. You know, you're spreading, pay it forward, whatever. And, and if you, you do get a position and a voice, you know, you know, people listen to you, you become successful, like you became successful. And now people listen to you with, with the running the Ironman. And I did it with free running. I was, I wasn't vegan at the time, which is kind of a shame because I would love to use that platform. But like I say, I don't agree with competition anymore. So I'm just using, you know, what I've got at the moment from that, you know, you don't mm -hmm. have to be a world champion for people to listen to you can just be a but you were still to make an influence I, that, that's what I mean I remember I was watching yeah. the uh, the last Red Bull Art of Motion and you were mm. one of the judges and every time they would cue the video to the judges you had a piece of broccoli or different some piece of, different, different piece of fruit just a fruit yeah. or, a, or vegetable that he was eating and I was like that that's awesome you know like and, well it's kind of like how people people you know see that yeah they and see it, that it changes right. people's thoughts yeah. it's like uh do you follow Steve-O's Instagram? Yes. So Steve-O. his coffee. Yeah, he's, well, he's always like lying on a giant bed of produce, you know, <laughs> or he, he like puts himself inside the refrigerator with all this like produce around. What a guy, right? Yeah. And it takes some time yeah. to go that far to the, the other side to come back and realize, you know, this is life mm -hmm. is made by helping others. You know, you're kind to others. That's where the happiness comes from. And that's what I want to do is, and every time... It, you know, a kid messages me saying I've helped them. I, you know, I always make sure I reply and say, that's great. That like, not for me, I'm not, there's no ego boost to me saying, oh yeah, I'm helping people. It's like you helped yourself. Something within you recognized what I said was truth and you went and did it yourself. So that's not, it's nothing I've done. You've done it yourself. You just right. let the connection be made. But you can accept, uh, thanks for being, you know, on some level, a catalyst for that. Of, of course. But that isn't what, what drives me, but it's just nice. It keeps you going. You of know? course. Yeah. Oh, it's incredibly motivating to get those kind of emails. And I think, you know, really what I always try to say is, um, you know, if you're not happy with how your life is going or you're feeling stuck or you're not sure, you know, what it is that you're supposed to do, you have to shake things up and start doing things differently. Cause if you keep just doing things the way that you've always been doing them, you're going to get the same results. For things to change. You have to, change. you have to change. Mm -hmm. And that could just mean changing one thing initially and seeing where that leads you, you know, and trying to yeah. stay out of judgment about whatever path that's on and yeah. being open to new ideas and, and, and new ways. And that doesn't mean that it's easy because actually 
it's kind of hard, you know, it's a, it, it might be the hardest thing you ever do, but it's really kind of why we're here. The rewards are so, so worth it. That's the thing. At the end of the day, veganism is, can be hard for some people, but the rewards are, are so worth it. So that, and you have to remember that the only truth you really know is your own experience. Like you can read science facts, you can read blog posts on for and against every single thing that you want in your life. People are going to write good things about your bad, bad habits because they want to sell books and people are going to want to flame and say bad things about, you know, the things you don't like as well so that it reaffirms things with you. But the only truth you know is experience. And if, you're, if you've never tried these other things, you've never tried yoga, you've never tried meditation or veganism or, or parkour, I mean, maybe it's not for you, but try things, experience them. And then you realize, oh no, this is, there's a reason people go on about this. You know, mm -hmm. there's a reason this is popular and growing and, and it's, it's up and coming. Do you take uh, some heat online? Like, do you have like, some haters not, not too much <laughs> there was someone posted a video the other day and it was a short clip on Facebook and it was like me starting to say why I stopped eating meat and then it, then they cut to a clip of someone going nobody cares uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah and that's funny and that's kids and I, I get it because I was a kid once and, and I was quick to hate on someone because there's a lot of kids around the world that that get it and so they make a change and then other kids in their community flame them because they think they're copying the trend or they're following they're following what someone popular says and you know that's on them that they can be haters that's all right they'll all realize eventually i mm -hmm. think is i think the world will be from vegetarian in the next hundred years like the injustice can only last for so long and and there's the speed it, this is exponentially you know speedballing right now is so much growth. Well, certainly our current system is unsustainable. So yeah. something's going to change. Environmental issues is probably you know, yeah, the number one reason headed, it will change. Yeah, we're yeah. headed, you know, the train is already pulled out of the station in terms of environmental disaster. Yeah. And we just simply can't continue to produce food uh, for, you know, the billions and increasing billions of people on the planet. Have you seen the way that we always have. Is no, this, I haven't seen that. Do you know what that is? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. I watched the documentary on mm -hmm. it the other day, a 20 minute piece, and the guy's quite deadpan in his, but he says you know it's a solution he just drinks it every day right and it's every bit of nutrition he needs i mean there's no free rides and i think you're missing a lot there's a reason we're supposed to eat plants that are colorful and chew our food and some bad things may, may come along the way with that but at the same time you know i respect that if they sent this to some countries that need starving countries you could it could make a difference and people are looking so long as people are looking for a solution or looking in the direction the truth will be like i'm over here and it will come about mm. How do you field the question, which I'm sure you get all the time, which is, you know, what's wrong with paleo? Like, why don't you eat the paleo yeah, diet? Yeah, because strength shouldn't take, it should build up, not build down. And as long as you're killing animals, there's no, that's not strength. That's not a real warrior, I don't think. Warriors, you know, they're considerate, they're compassionate, and they, they respect. Animals are so innocent. Like, we laugh at the innocence of a child. But when the innocence of an animal, we manipulate it, we take advantage of the innocence of animals because they can't speak our language, you know. We, we think they're here for us to eat and they're not. They have their own purpose for living. And just because our human brain and our ego can't comprehend why a cow sits in a field over there, that doesn't mean that it's there for us to go and eat. And, you know, paleo, they want to be strong, but it's very selfish. It's very, I want to be strong because I want to be bigger, because I want to be better, you know. And it's like, how about you can do that, but you can live in a compassionate way and kind mm -hmm. way. Well, I think it brings up issues of, of, of what the definition of masculinity is. And I think that there's this sort of cultural perception of masculinity as being, you know, sort of super 
super, um, you know, strong and aggressive and any kind of That's dying uh, demonstration out the, yeah. of compassion is considered weakness. When I think if you look back through history at the greatest leaders of all time, they were all actually very compassionate people. Absolutely. They, they, they were firm, they were yeah. firm and very masculine, but they understood when compassion was in order. And, and I, that's what distinguished them from average to being great. Completely. They, and that's what people don't get. And that's what people are starting to realize now, you know, and as more, you know, whether this is the first time people hear veganism is from me or I'm the second or the third, it, it adds up, you know, if someone hears it and they're like, no, that's, you know, complete bullshit. I'm not going to listen. And then maybe someone in the family becomes or the friend and they're like, whoa, okay, but still don't agree. And then, you know, they'll hear it from a few sources and, and they'll start to, cause it, I've thought about this so much. I've thought about every argument for and against, and I've been in every discussion for and against and like you know, yourself, you, you get it, right? It's, it's it's the truth. That's why we're here. That's why we do this. And, you know, life is here. We're here to serve others. And if you're here in the service of death and negativity, then, you, you know, that's not the right thing. I'm here to serve life and the light and positive and truth. And you can't eat meat and serve life. Like, that's fundamental. I know 100 years ago, we didn't make that connection. Now, we're, well, people did. And, you know, Einstein was vegetarian and he talked about the evolution of mm -hmm. human consciousness will come when we all adapt a vegetarian diet. And he was... He's a very smart guy. And I think we're all starting to realize, yeah, you can't really be compassionate and spiritual and know yourself that much if you still want to take lives of others for you. you we're not, we don't have more importance than other animals. And mm. That's what I'm trying to represent. I like that. Also, a big influence on you is Russell Brand, right? You I nailed it. Your... Thanks for bringing him up. Yeah, yeah. I love that guy. I can't wait to read whatever he writes in his videos. I am endlessly yeah. entertained and in you see the compilation his, I made uh, of his I watched part of the one where he's reading the news trues that's yeah, great. yeah yeah I watch that every great. day I made a compilation of Russell Brand because he does a lot of interviews that go unnoticed all the mm -hmm. main commercial MSNBC one they, they get noticed he does a lot of underground ones that on like conscious TV guy mm -hmm. TV that go unnoticed where he speaks a lot of spirituality a lot of truth speaks about vegetarianism he's a, he's a vegetarian mm -hmm. himself mostly vegan he has honey and eggs sometimes he says but um I made a compilation that got nearly 700,000 views now. He's tweeted it like three right. different times. And it was about him talking about, you know, love is all that matters. And, you know, you, you feel happier when you're being kind to others. And it's a compilation of all these nice quotes from him. And it, and it, I think what people don't realize is that he's exceedingly intelligent. He's an incredible super, writer and yeah. he's extraordinarily articulate. And when he's in a debate with somebody on television yeah. or when he's speaking his truth in his mind, it's captivating to watch. But people want to spin it and they think it's yeah, just fancy words and he's not carrying it out. It's not his role to be, like I'm saying, That's not his, his role is to draw attention to it. His role is to call to arms people like me and you who can listen to him and understand him and be like I'm inspired by this guy let's keep doing what I'm doing his role isn't to be like oh here's the solution let's do this that's no he's, he's only one man he's just he's, there to he's pulling covers exactly. you know to get people to think about things exactly and that I think the last thing that I tweeted out that he wrote was a piece that on, on addiction that he wrote shortly after Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. passed away that I thought was just so beautifully written <laughs> You know, he has a, he has a facility to, um, extract the truth out of some of these situations he's, he's in a wise. way that, uh, most people can't. And yeah. I love reading his stuff. He's great. He sent me a message. Oh he's, yeah. He's seen some of my free running stuff. Oh really? I'm cool. looking forward to meeting him. We'll, we'll what did it. he say? It was a, like an Instagram video. He was with one of my friends and he was like, Tim, 
you free runner I'm gonna free run, come free run up and down my legs up uh-huh. and down my mind he's, like, <laughs> he, he's quite a funny guy um, but uh, yeah that's gonna be he's a very big inspiration and uh, people think he's all this material sex driven guy but he's he's you know he's really finding his true self now and he's been completely sober from drugs and alcohol for 11 years and like we said with steve and that he's he was a heroin addict and he's gone that far down and it makes you see the depth of which you can go and it's pendulums the other way he's mm-hmm. come so far in the other direction yeah i mean it's easy to take a swing at, at a guy like that but it's yeah. i have a tendency to um invest more faith in people that have lived on you know the dark side and have come out the other side and i respect his transparency about that and yes. his willingness to talk about it because he knows that if he's open about it that he has the opportunity and the chance to help somebody else and, he, and he's found that's kind of his thing now he's he's he doesn't want to be gov- uh, like the pre- uh, the mayor of England, or mm-hmm. I don't even know what they prime minister. Prime minister, yeah. that's the word I'm. Oh, well, you really, you've been in LA too long, and you're already getting soft. President, yeah. <laughs> um, but his role isn't that. His role isn't to speak on environmental issues. He just knows there's a problem with the environment. His role is now he's finding it. Now it's in the addiction thing. It's to show that addiction isn't it shouldn't be illegal. It shouldn't be a legal issue at all. It's a medical issue. Mm-hmm. These people just need a bit of love and a bit of care, and not to be treated like they're doing something wrong. Because then that pushes them away, and it makes them think it's a taboo, and you know, hide themselves in a dark corner, and it just gets worse and spirals out of control. He's saying it's a medical issue. Give them some love. Speak to them like a human. What's the problem? Let's try and help you find a solution. And he's realized, yeah, that's his, where he can speak on it because he's come from that place. Right. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. For people that are listening that are kind of interested in this idea of, of eating a plant-based diet, but they're not quite there yet. I mean, what are, what are the kind mm-hmm. of things that you usually say to somebody to yeah. try to help them take that first step? Yeah, it's a process. I mean, often one is pescatarian. I did that for like a week or two weeks. And then there was within the first six months, there was the odd time I'd have a bit of fish every now and then when I was with someone and I had a girlfriend at the time who was didn't, she was still eating fish and I'd eat a bit of her plate and, and I accept the process you know it's a lot of work the society's brought us up one way to undo that overnight is hard some people are strong minded enough I wasn't so accept the process you know it's okay go pescatarian just cut certain meats out of your diet gradually go down just add fruits and vegetables don't feel guilty eating 20 bananas in a day it's okay to do that like that way you'll really start to, to see the difference eat nuts instead of crisps you know slowly there's transition foods hummus was a good one for me hummus and bread if you normally have sandwiches with cheese and stuff use hummus and bread is delicious like mm-hmm. find a few vegetables in there as well it's okay to like eat unhealthy but vegan get peanut butter have loads of peanut butter sandwiches peanut butter jelly just, just to act to acclimate to, to act sort of as a bridge as a bridge right to step life. over to begin go vegan for breakfast then go vegan for breakfast and for lunch there's one called v till six or something mm-hmm. I think yeah mark Bittman's book yeah and so just it's not that hard if you, like if you take it one day at a time and you do do vegan breakfast lunch and then at dinner you eat whatever you normally eat slowly from those breakfasts and lunches you realize what foods in the vegan category you like and then you can start applying that to dinner and you really I've never enjoyed food I used to love I used to come to LA and eat in and out every single time Mm -hmm. I used to love lasagna and carbonara and I've never enjoyed food as much as I do now since I've been vegan because it's you know it's it's a whole you're like wow you can that's the thing that people have a hard time like wrapping their brains around or believing yeah I remember how like during the headlights I was at first but now it's so rewarding we talked about this at Cafe Gratitude uh, yesterday like you know, now it's great that there's a bunch of 
you know, great tasting vegan restaurants. But before that, you know, it was the comparison of like, oh, this, you know, meat or this other type of food tastes so much better. But my always argument was, yeah, it tastes good for like the two bites that you have and swallow it. But like, you feel like, you know, like, like ish the whole rest of the day versus right. like now the vegan food tastes just as good in my mind going down. And then like the whole rest of my day, I feel incredible, you right. know, and that even that argument, even if it doesn't taste, you know, just as good, I would the rest let, of the hour, the rest the of the hour of the day is totally completely worth it. As opposed right. to you having to go take a nap because you had like too much steak and like mm-hmm. a beer, you know, mm-hmm. like I've never left cafe gratitude with somebody cause I bring people there all the time where they yeah. went, ah, I'm not going back there. Like, yeah. Every time, yeah, every person was like, that was an incredible yeah, meal absolutely. and people from all different kinds of walks of life mm-hmm. and diet. One of my know. favorite things to do is bring an out of town or straight to cafe gratitude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. But those pioneers that were doing it before cafe gratitude exists, yeah. man, rock on to them. Cause yeah. they had a tough time. I'm, I feel blessed that I'm in a time where I can speak on veganism and people get it and people will listen to me. People that saw it this way 20 years ago, man, hard. Oh, they must have right. had a, a tough time and I have so much respect for them carrying on with it I mean once you're there you don't have much choice but they carried on with it and um, and here we are today with restaurants like Cafe Gratitude which is great to bring people in transition them in you know try something new go find a vegan restaurant there's an app called Happy Cow mm-hmm. really good app any country I go to any city put in Happy Cow and you can choose vegetarian vegan or just vegetarian friendly and then it comes up with anything. It comes up with a distance away. It gives you a map awesome. to the area. You can, yeah. you can ring the place. You can open the hours or all that. And just try something new. Go to these places, you know. And they're very welcoming places. Vegan restaurants are so welcoming. It's, it's a good vibe. Yeah, one of the things I always say to people too is, is you know, don't judge yourself. Because you're going you're gonna to screw up. You're going to make mistakes. And if you're too hard on yourself, Great you'll advice. just say, well, that was too hard. I'm not going to do that. Like, forget it. And just understand that you're a human being and you're fallible. And, you know, <laughs> and, and to kind of change habits you've had your entire life is a very difficult thing. And it takes time. And to yeah. be gentle on yourself. And to also look at it, you referenced this before, but to focus on, on all the new things that you're going to be adding to your diet as opposed to perceiving it from a deprivation point of view and focusing on the things that you're not eating. Mm. You know what I mean? Like look at it as an adventure. Like you're going to go to the farmer's market and you get all these crazy vegetables that you really haven't experienced before. Or you're, you know, if you don't have a farmer's market, your local supermarket or whatever, and make it into something fun, like an adventure. Yeah. Sweet potato and dates are pretty like two staples that you can just have bags of dates and just big sweet potatoes. And you're guaranteed to get filled up and they're so delicious, especially with the skin on like those are two of my main points I tell mm-hmm. people you know fruit, vegetables, nuts and seeds but sweet potatoes and dates 10 bananas you don't have to like, be a chef either with you don't, oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> no further from a chef but you can mess up a, a vegan meal and you're not going to give yourself food poisoning it's, you know it's alright <laughs> mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. alright man well we got to wrap it up here I think cool. but uh that was inspiring, man. Thank you for taking the time. I have a lot of respect for your, your point of view and, and your advocacy and all that you're doing to kind of raise the vibration for young people and raise a profile for parkour. It's such a, an exciting time right now, and I'm really encouraged and looking forward to see what you do next. Thank you. Thanks for this opportunity to speak on it, and thanks for this beautiful view we get to do yeah. this, this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's nice, man. Yep. Any final thoughts you want to leave for people that are listening who... Like I said, you know, maybe you're stuck or they're struggling with diet or their life or maybe just a little morsel. You're a beautiful person. man. We're all beautiful. I'm no different from anyone else. I'm just from a small town in England and I just, you know, had a bit of compassion and it it drove me in life. Like find that part of you that's compassionate, that cares about Mm -hmm. something. And we've all got it in us and and just go with the flow. You know, let life, the, the best 
most important people I've ever met in my life sometimes were when I just let life flow and I didn't try to control life too much. Often we try to control life too much, but you know, if you know what's right and you just sit back a bit, life will give you everything you need. And mm-hmm. I guess in some ways, parkour is like a parable of that, right? Like it's, it's a, a physical parable. It's a, it's a practice in which, I mean, it really has to be, you really have to be a master of your mind in order to excel at that. And I'm sure that you're forced to, you know, if not practice like a strict meditation practice, at least to have a sort of, you know, mind, body, soul connection that is well developed and, and that an understanding of how to kind of be fully in the presence of what you're doing. And, and I think that there are sort of ripples that, that creates waves out, ripples out into the rest of your life and how you perceive the world. Yeah, it does. It's holistic that everything, the diet, mm-hmm. the training that I do yoga as well, sleeping, staying hydrated, it it all works as one it's just a, a living in a positive healthy manner yeah. mm-hmm. cool well if you ever want to come here and make some crazy video our house is your house <laughs> thank you man did you guys make it did you make a video while you were here no i've not had time no. i've been so i'm just trying to meet loads of people but i realize how many friends right. i have here that it's, it's i'll be back you guys yeah. should make a video together the, we, we talked about to? it we're gonna yeah. do it yeah, yeah uh-huh. we're gonna do it cool. we're talking about it. very excited we get Frank um, Medrano. Frank in Medrano. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, Frank. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know you're listening. I'm gonna get you on this podcast. I know. Come on, man. Where's Frank? Yeah, I'll get him. That guy is ridiculous. Yeah. What yeah. he does. On yeah, we were on the same I team. Know. I know. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, thanks. So, if people want to hook up with you, um, the best way to do that is yeah, uh, Twitter at Timothy Sheaf, mm-hmm. um, Instagram at Timothy Sheaf. Um, my website now spiritoftim.com made that the other day but nice. right is that is that the Tumblr one because you have two you have, I have one Tumblr that chief chief right is my Tumblr but that's more like of a board to keep nice quotes and things on there you can check that one out as well uh-huh. but yeah Twitter I check that every night I deleted it from I actually deleted Twitter and Facebook from my phone oh you did yeah I've got Instagram on there still that, that's kind of nice it's not too hectic but the others I just wanted a bit bit more freedom I still Calm check out my computer down. but but it's actually really nice you know you realize that's a whole other subject we could talk about <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you come back when you move here next year yeah we'll, we'll sit down yeah. and talk about that right. yeah um, and then on the YouTube, you have, well, you have the Livewire yeah, channel, YouTube.com right? slash Livewire. I'm doing more vegan stuff on that and the Russell Brand Edit, which I really recommend you right. check out. That um, is on there. Then YouTube.com slash Flow is all my parkour content. And then there's YouTube.com slash Storm Freerun, which is my freerunning team, which is more of my own freerunning um, better content. I'm putting out, and I'm putting out a yoga video on there as well. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, keep me posted on what you're up to, man. Thank you, Rich. And I hope you'll uh, come by next time you're in town. For sure. All right, cool. All right, man. Thanks. Much love. Peace. Much love. Plants. (laughs) Namaste. All right, people, that's our show. How'd it go? How about those apples? Uh, Let me know in the comments section at richroll.com on the show page and uh, throw a review up on iTunes. We love that. Thank you very much. Uh, If you're inspired, by Timothy's message of following his heart, living in faith and being an inspiring example of what a young person uh, can do in this world. And maybe you're thinking you're stuck in your own life or frustrated or not sure how to get off the dime. Well, maybe you might want to check out my new course at mindbodygreen.com. It's called The Art of Living with Purpose, How to Set and Achieve Goals, Transform Your Life and Become Your Best, Most Authentic Self. 
So from the path that I've walked the last few years, kind of what I shared in the intro to this episode and the incredible experiences I've had uh, traveling the world and doing this podcast, I've learned a few things. I've learned some ideas, some tools, some strategies on the subject of how to embrace a new and more fulfilling, personally meaningful approach to life, how to uncover and embrace latent passion, how to transform your life. And again, to tout the theme of this podcast, become your best, most authentic self. And so in this course, I took the best of these principles and distilled them down into an online program, which culminates in a little over two hours of streaming video divided into six modules and 14 sessions. It's a, and in addition to that, we have an array of downloadable tools and resources on the fundamentals of transformation, how to properly set a goal, how to erect a roadmap, how to create effective structures, momentum, community, and accountability, and why, tra- why people traditionally fail or fall short in their goals or their pursuits, and the essential foundational principles and practices behind every successful, sustained life transformation. All in all, I think it's a really valuable toolbox that contains the assets required that you need to make changes in your life necessary to become the person you always wanted to and deserve to be. And we all want that, right? So if this feels like something that you might benefit from, then have a look. All right, cool. So that's it with that. Uh, The iOS app, we're in the final stages coming soon. I keep thinking it's almost going to be ready. We got a a couple of hurdles. We got to Um, jump through with the sort of Apple development development program. The app is essentially done, but we just have to do a bunch of bureaucratic nonsense before it gets uploaded into the app store. And again, I will keep you posted on that. So if you want to support the show, you've been enjoying the content, just tell a friend. That's all we ask. Spread the word. Okay. We're building this global audience, the plant power warriors, the plant power revolution. So just mention it. That's cool. If you want to take it to the next level, please, uh, for your next Amazon purchase, use the Amazon banner ad at richroll.com. Buy whatever you're going to buy on Amazon. Won't cost you a penny extra. Amazon gives us a little bit of commission change and we love that. And that is helping us keep this thing going. It's helping me pay Tyler, my son, to produce the show. So in the spirit of entrepreneurialism, another theme of this show, uh, that is good for Tyler and you can feel good about supporting him. So thanks for that. Uh, Go to richroll.com for all your plant power provisions. Throw an image up on Instagram of you listening to the podcast. We love that. Tag it uh, RRP or Rich Roll or Rich Roll Podcast. And uh, that's it. We got a bunch of great shows lined up already in the queue for the upcoming weeks. And I'm excited to share all of that with you. So have a great week, you guys. And uh, let's see how you can expand. Send me a, a Twitter message or a Facebook message and let me know something that you did this week that you never did before, something that scared you, something that expanded your own personal horizons. So I'll look forward to hearing from you guys on that note. And I'll be back again with you guys next week. Until then, peace plants.